Hello and welcome to another episode of This Is Bullshit. I'm Courtney. And I'm Keisha. And this week's bullshit is the future of jobs in America. That's it. That's the bullshit. Mm. Enjoy the episode. So here we are, September 2020, 8.4% unemployment rate. Woo! <laughs> it's right after Labor Day, so the pandemic may or may not be raging. We won't know for two to three weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I It's, this is, I mean, every day, I mean, I think every day, I just am like, wow, this is, this is weird. Like, this is weird. And then also every day I'm like, I never want to go back to fucking work. Whew. <laughs> that, I mean, it gets harder and harder day by day, but not because we're lazy guys, but for a lot of really important reasons. I mean, no, I mean, we've certainly th- been doing a lot. We've yeah. built a bar in our apartment. We've organized things we haven't had time to do in years. Right. We we've, have millions of plant babies yeah. just all around. We've gardens. We've, it's like we've had time to take care of ourselves. Right. And yeah. Like, that's we've done yoga. Like, right. yeah. And that's an aspect where I'm like, I don't want to go back to work where I was miserable and treated lesser than because of the work that I did before the pandemic. I was a waitress. Mm -hmm. You know, I've lived in California for eight years now. Um, I've always had a pretty steady job. I've had some a salary job for two years. Um, I'm an actress. I shot a commercial earlier this year that didn't get released because (laughs) it was for rental cars (laughs) and travel (laughs) and travel. Um, and, and then that's another industry that's, so those are, so being a waitress and being an actress, I mean, those are two industries that have obviously been put on hold. Yeah. And yeah, thinking about going back, it's not just that I wouldn't want to go back because there's the risk, of course, Mm -hmm. um, how, how much are companies going to actually take it seriously? We've you know, we have plenty of other friends who work in the restaurant industry and, you know, they have been there have been cases where the management has hidden a coronavirus outbreak at the establishment from the employees. And yeah. so, you know, this is very common that we're hearing about. So do I want to put myself in risk of that for what? For right. people to, I mean, be able to drink their <laughs> like margaritas out on the front porch, like drink them at your house. I don't. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It, and it's like and it's like. What I don't know, like what I get, I like I, I guess I what what are the jobs? Right. What tr- I don't. I also wonder even if okay. So my job before I also worked with you at a restaurant that we worked at together. That was my second job, and then I had just gotten a salaried position. You know, as a recruiter, like a nine to five, nice little desk job. Um, I was laid off from both of those jobs. But when I think about what kind of job I want to go back to, I mean, to be honest, a desk job for me personally is very hard. I had a desk job for years, for like eight years. Then I went to sales and that was great because then I could be out on the road. I could be talking to people. I didn't I wasn't tied to my desk. I worked from home for the most part. But even that, like, do I want to go back to sitting at a desk probably not um do i want to go back to waiting tables or like serving doing events and stuff 
I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but I need to know. I also don't trust it because nobody knows what the long-term effects are. True. So if we had, you know, first of all, we might have had it. Who knows? 100% could have had it. Yeah. We, we need to get an antibodies test. For which sure. Which is, I guess, a different test. Yeah. I mean, anytime <laughs> you... I was actually... I, at the time that Corona like broke out the first January, February, March, I was working at two hotels and I was working at a hotel and then a uh, members only lounge with that was like based in Britain. So like, right. everybody was <laughs> traveling from there. So everybody was traveling. Right. So the likelihood that we got it is already pretty high. So but but again, but like, do I want to put myself on the line to go back to a job where a lot of people aren't even tipping extra when they go out, even though people are wearing a face mask and a face shield and risking their lives to feed you tacos. Who do you think that the people are that are going out right now? Because I mean, upper middle class people. Well, because I've been ordering out like when this started and we were getting the extra six hundred dollars like my, you know, of course, they were like support local business and all this stuff. And yeah. I already, you know, I think being an Angelino and I think being a young person um, you do get accustomed to ordering out a few meals or, you know, picking up a pre-made meal or whatever it is. And I was trying to tip more, but I mean, what do you do once you, the extra $600 runs right. out? Like I'm now not able to, you know right. what I mean? And also them thinking about it, I was like, well, also the delivery drivers are the only ones really having any employment right now. Right. And like, Maybe they are making bank. Like, it, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's hard in your head to like reason because you have to think of your own resources, but also you don't want to be a dick to people yeah. and you, they are risking their lives. And I guess like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I guess maybe not everybody that's going out is upper middle class. Like, you know, maybe there are people just going to go get tacos cause they're just sick of being in their house, but it's like, yeah, that's yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but but it's like, how much can we go back to that normal, I guess? Right. You know, that's the right. question. And and even if we wanted to go back to that normal, there's countless number of restaurants and small businesses that have closed entirely forever. So it's going to be, I mean, before the pandemic, you had to go to a an audition style cattle call, basically, to get a job at a restaurant in L.A. Bring your headshot. Right. So... <laughs> what is going to happen afterwards? There's going to, it's going to be, there's going to be so few jobs to even fight for that. There's going to be people that are permanently unemployed. It's, there's just, it's just math. Like there's no other way around it. Well, I think like, I think our experience that both of us have the experience of, you know, going to college and having salaried positions and also having jobs where mm -hmm. we work with our hands and are on our feet constantly. Um, I think like we're able to kind of see this K economy that they're describing. Yeah. So um, a lot of the economists are describing that the economy is going to go in this K where everybody who's, you know, so basically if you think of a, a, the letter K and the top portion of the K, uh, everybody's starting at the same point, but those people are going up. Right. People, and then the people at the bottom of the point are going down right so basically people that are working from home right now people who have kept their jobs they're in the upper portion of the k and then working class people are on the lower portion of the k and it's continuing to go down yeah and so it's like it i i we can see it you know we can see it through our facebook friends and our instagram yes. feeds and and 
this is what the the worrying part is when you think about the future of work. And I read this article uh, last week and it was talking about, you know, and kind of what you were getting into with Amazon. Like it's talking about how the upper middle class is basically created this world where everything is curated to their needs. Right. Yes. So you're um, so you've got a mirror or a Peloton bike, mm-hmm. right? That you can work out in front of, which yeah. would be amazing. Have one of those mirror things. That sounds sick. great. <laughs> um, and the, so you don't have to go to the gym. You obviously, you know, you can do all of your work through Zoom and email and all of that. You don't have to go to a grocery store. You can get Prime delivered or whatever Instacart other, or, mm-hmm. you know, thing you want to do. Um, anything that you can tell your Alexa to order you something, it shows up at your door. You don't ever see a person. And they were... Uh, comparing this to the invention of the dumbwaiter where you, you know the servant would put something in the dumbwaiter and it would arrive and you wouldn't see any of the labor that went into it and the thing that really is concerning about this and what i mean yes it's always going to be political and which which i think makes it political is that i feel like the upper middle class is is constantly being eroded of their empathy mm-hmm. for working class and they don't even see the division so much anymore. So like when we're talking about like we can't talk about the future of jobs and blame everything on Trump because no. we got to be realistic about what jobs were like before. <laughs> you Not know? Great. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely great for some people and terrible for other people. And the people I mean, a little, an election year is usually when people get hope. Usually mm-hmm. they at least can think like, oh, well, maybe this next guy is really going to come through with some kind of solution. Maybe he's going to raise the minimum wage so that, you know, these 40. I mean, it's such a different life. Like to work on your feet 40 hours a week is a very different experience than working at a desk job for 40 hours a week. It's just let's do some compare and contrast here. OK, so let's 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 compare. And I would say some of this can include um entry level salary positions because a uh-huh. lot of a lot of people i mean they they pay shit <laughs> like right. you could make way more money being a bartender if you compared the hourly wage and how much you're working overtime and all that so um but let's say like a uh like a job in the entertainment field waitressing hospitality um okay you can't get any sick days <laughs> right i mean if I mean, some companies do offer it, but they have to be very corporate, I think. So, so I'm supposed to, are, yeah, what do you like? What on is the it? on the salaried side, you you definitely get sick days. Right. Um, I mean, let's say your commute, like if L.A., for example, they rich people were like, we're not having a metro come into Beverly Hills. <laughs> Figure it out how you're going to get here. Mm-hmm. Just that alone is like an extra stress, you Absolutely. know, because you might not have a car. It's an extra strain of time for sure. I mean, time is the most finite resource and rich people love to say time is money, but don't think to pay you for being on the bus for three hours of your commute for the day. So that seems that sounds <laughs> that and that sounds crazy when you say it. But then when you think about like when I had a salaried position, I got to turn in all my mileage and get reimbursed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for anywhere mm-hmm. that I had to go. So yep. why is it so crazy to think that we should also be there for the working class person to afford to to get, be able to get to work? Right. Like, why don't they all give him bus passes or whatever? Exactly. Um, 
like okay another another thing that sucks being a laborer <laughs> um surveillance that was another thing we talked Ooh, surveillance yeah surveillance so that came from the amazon thing and how much they track like w- how fast you're moving packages i think ups and fedex do the same thing um because if you remember there was a time when ups and fedex would like knock on your door and leave a note and go through all this they cut that because they started tracking their time for how long it was taking them to drop off packages oh my god you're right yeah Mm -hmm. i was thinking about surveillance actually in more of terms of like drinking alcohol or smoking a cigarette or smoking weed Mm -hmm. like there is no reason why I as a waitress cannot smoke, go out on my break and smoke a joint. There's literally no reason. It's not going to impair no. me from doing anything. If anything, it's going to make me better at my job, more mellow, in a better more mood. Focused, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, more focused, depending on the strain. You know what I mean? But like, think about someone with a corporate and, and, and mm-hmm. just just to, the comparison. OK, but it's a totally, completely fine thing to go take somebody out and get them drunk for a sales meeting or a lunch break on your lunch break right you know like it's just the way that we compare what is valuable and what is not is crazy like why like just we'll get we'll get into like the the decades of it all but like that's (laughs) just something in terms of surveillance too like yeah no that's they don't want you to have any like thing of, of relaxation and like i mean at least at a desk job you can go to the bathroom right That's and no one thing. and no one clocks you and at a desk job you can very easily go outside and take a phone call or and be on be gone for 30 minutes and no one will bat an eye at all you don't have to clock punch in and punch out and even tell people you're going anywhere right i mean right. if you work in a big office nobody knows where the fuck you are oh my god yeah <laughs> people, like, you, you could just there we, i worked in a small office and mm-hmm. uh, like literally there were four of us <laughs> And this one guy, he would go to the bathroom for 30 minutes at least, at minimum, every day. And there were two bathrooms in the whole place. Everybody had to know. Right. What, like, the boss never thought to ask him. I mean, he got the position because of nepotism, so he could do whatever he wanted. We'll get into that. (sighs) Another issue, but. (laughs) Another, okay, so another thing I'm thinking is uh, uniforms. Ooh, okay, so. I did not know that you could write your uniforms off on your taxes until I started paying someone to do my taxes. Mm. And he was like, oh, well, don't you have uniforms? And I was like, no, I have a desk job. Like, I don't have a uniform. And he's like, but don't you have uniforms? Wink, wink. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Those suits that I, yes, of course. Those are my uniforms. Of course. I mean, I have to look nice to do the job. So... So you're able to write yours off whereas in a converse uh, work environment, you have to buy your uniform Mm -hmm. either on your own or from the company. Yep. Um, So, for example, we both worked at Hooters. We did. (laughs) Um, And the craziest shit about Hooters was that they served fucking wings. That's all they did. That's all they were known for. Wings with sauce 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 is a messy fucking thing <laughs> guess what we're wearing white white <laughs> white tank tops not only that pantyhose which rip can rip on anything right <laughs> and guess what if you ripped your pantyhose during a shift you had to go to the machine put in your money and buy a new pair yep. if you got sauce on your uniform during a shift you had to go pay the money and 
buy a new uniform. So not only was Hooters making money from you working, but they were also making money from their employees buying their merchandise. Ridiculous. I mean, these are little things that I think people don't realize that this is this is why you have to get outside of your bubble. This is why you need to know people who live differently than you do, because otherwise you would never even think to think of that as a problem like oh well what's the big deal you got to get a uniform no like i mean if this you know mega millionaire wants people to look a certain way and like do things a certain way then let him pay for the uniform right it's your brand it's your company exactly it's your idea it doesn't make any sense (sighs) oh my god that one really pisses me off that's a that's a great one yeah um tips tips hmm well tips is a tough one because it can it's kind of like overtime right yeah like can be compared to overtime in a way and i you know i remember like i went from working you know i was making like 15 dollars an hour with this really chill like weed job trimming weed and i could make my own hours and it was great and then once i became salaried the expectation was to work far longer and be available at all times mm-hmm. and like just comparing how I was like this is like this is awful but then also conversely at least I had the stability of having that paycheck but conversely like making tips they're not always consistent so right. it's really just a damned if you do damned if you don't. yeah tips is really tricky i mean it's interesting because in other countries you know being a server is a career like a normal career you get health insurance you get a wage like that's why they don't tip in other countries and people get so confused here but it's like well because they are treating their labor equally like why is the server's time any less important than the guy who's sitting there reading his newspaper while the guy's serving him i mean they're people are equal so right i mean in theory <laughs> um but tips is hard because you just never it, because it's unreliable that makes it really difficult but it can be also a huge windfall for people because you know you can if you're good at your job then you in theory will be rewarded for it in theory <laughs> but in theory yeah you're right but, but there's no security in that. There's no security in it. I can't tell you how many times I waited. I waited on this one family that would co- on Hollywood Boulevard that would come in on Sunday. Ten of them. Ordered off the menu, whatever they want, like terribly rude and would never tip me. And like uh, to to the point like th- I, I, this is I mean, this is why people get depressed. Wait, but it was a 10 top and they didn't have an automatic. Didn't they just took away the automatic gratuity? Oh, I mean, any kind of protections that were there. Like when I started the job, it was like any parties over six automatic gratuity. Right. Of course. Right. And then for some reason, they like took off automatic gratuity. I feel like in California or something like that. I'm not really sure what happened. Um, But that definitely affects. (laughs) Yeah. What happens. But but that was in California compared to, let's say, a state like Virginia, where the minimum wage was two dollars and thirty five cents. Yep. And so if you didn't make any tips, you didn't make anything. I worked plenty a job like when I was bartending and stuff back in D.C. And like it was. Yeah, you make two thirty five. And like if you work a day, if you get stuck on a day bartending shift, why are you even there? Like, obviously, you're not making any money, but you have to be there and you have no other option. And there's also no other way to move up to a nighttime shift unless you put your dues in and work the daytime shift. Totally. So, I mean, 
I don't know if we get rid of tips altogether or I, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's a I think there is definitely I mean, I think if we learn anything from the pandemic, there is definitely something to be said for security just in general as far as your income goes. Um, yeah, definitely. But, having here, that I, but I guess I think of it like, OK, I think about tips the same way I think of health insurance. So everyone's like, oh, well, if we have medicare for all then we won't be able to go to our same doctors or get our same level of care whatever but like there's private insurance you can just buy your own extra fancy private insurance like i think of tips the same way like if a person has it in their heart that this what that was great service i'm gonna tip this person like even if they know that you're already getting a good wage they might still tip you so oh but even to add on to your example because it's perfect is in other societies where they have universal health care and they are and the doctors are rewarded for preventative care. Yes. They have longer life expectation. Right. So if everybody starts going to the doctor, then people generally are going to be more healthy. Then they're also going to be able to catch other kind of diseases that they wouldn't mm-hmm. be so it just the society keeps getting better people keep getting healthier because we're protecting one another same way with like tips right if you have people who feel secure in their job and they're not doing this competitive thing oh i want this oh, table yeah. or whatever i'm not going to help you because we put whatever it is if you give people that sense of security they're going to be happier at their job. Therefore, they're going to get better service. Therefore, everybody's experience is going to be better. And on and on. Like, right. it, it, like, why don't we build upon the good? It's like, I don't get that mentality. But that's <sighs> that's another story. That's yeah. another story. Okay, <laughs> other things. Um, uh, I wrote down sexual harassment, but that happens. I mean, at both. Oof, that happens both ways. So. True, but at least people but on the other side will be able to work from home now. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I mean, mean, if you can get sexually harassed over Skype, that I mean, over Zoom, that would be some real bullshit. I mean, I would. Oh, I'm sure you could. I'm oh. sure. I'm sure there's been somebody on a Zoom call has been like, "Oh, Janine, you're in your robe still, I see," or you know, or something. Dude, one one boss has definitely taken out his penis on a Zoom definitely. already. It. I feel so bad for. I'm so sorry yeah. for that person. But overall. You're overall, yeah, probably more better. away and from overall, the harassment. You, yeah, you could you could avoid people, so that's a nice touch. True. So. Can't fully avoid people when you're in a kind of a a job where you work together as a team. Right. Yeah. Um, on your feet or with your hands. Okay. Uh, do dee dee. Other things, you know, are like you no know, pension and mm. um, that's just never healthcare and things like that, which which do which does happen at some corporate jobs um and that's bad on both sides too but i think like the things that i'm i'm noticing from people who are in a uh, living on the other side and more stable situations is not a lot has changed no you know and there how are we supposed i guess my worry is like with the future of work we need the people who are still experiencing normalcy. We need them to care about what's going on with the people who are working with their hands, with the laborers. Yeah. Because they're the ones who will have the time to write the emails. They're the ones who will help us organize or what, or push. They're the ones who can donate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
that's my worry is it's like, wow, the disconnect is becoming so large with the, the, the things being left at your door, with everything mm-hmm. being catered to you. What what TV show you think you're going to like, what music it's going to select for you, everything. You don't even have to think about other people at all. Right. They don't affect your experience. Oof, that dumbwaiter. That was a good that was a good analogy, the dumbwaiter, because you're right. The divide keeps. I don't know how you would stop that. Like, do you because we can't force people to come to the door because we're in a pandemic. So that's not going to help. But um, it's almost like the people that are in the positions of stability, like meaning people working from home, like in the middle class, they have to actively want to learn about what other people are going through. And that's like probably not going to happen. I just don't I think, think they'll they donate care. to something. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. the, But I mean, the, OK, well, I tell you how it could happen if we all strike. I mean, if mm. the grocery workers and the factory workers and the few little servers that are left, if we had a national strike and everybody sat their asses at home and nobody got any Amazon deliveries or, you know, anything like I mean, even and honestly, you could even extend that to like tech workers. What if they went on a strike, you know, like and your Internet went down or something? I mean, yeah, I, I think that would be the only thing that would get people to understand that everybody's work is equal. We just like to do different things. Why is that so bad? I mean, there are just so many things I think implanted into the society that that are there that have that are there on purpose to help keep this whole system going you know yeah so hmm. i think uh, maybe we'll take a break (laughs) sad break (laughs) y'all a sad break positive <laughs> or optimistic because we're gonna talk about jobs <laughs> through the decades kind mm. of like not in any kind of like listen we didn't do like a whole bunch of historical research yeah yeah but we've seen some it. mad men and other things right we know older people well it'll be fine it'll be fine so you got like the 60s uh, you know wow what a time wow. or do we even st- i mean well the 50s let's start in the 50s start, okay because i would have loved to be a 50s housewife i mean <sighs> the way that you don't let me drink wine i don't know i don't know if you could have handled it oh. listen these ladies were popping volumes these Quaaludes. ladies were they were high as a kite all the time but they did get their vacuuming done and look if that's all i gotta do is i'm not say, i'm not saying it like that guys because look this there's a reason why i don't have kids that sounds like a lot of work But the difference is that in the 50s, that was all you were expected to do. You weren't also expected to have a full time job and take care of kids. So I know that's, you know, it's just a time that feminists messed up and we've got to mess up. We got to move on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wow. I mean, thanks a lot. 
Lee. Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to win us our rights and stuff. Ugh. Uh, so, yeah, let's, you know, the workforce where, like, you know, women could kind of work. They could, like, kind of be secretaries. Was but they didn't have to, though. They also didn't have to. Right? They were expected not to. So, but I because, mean, I mean, even going back to the 50s, like, the reason that it was set up like that is because people were making enough money to support a family. One, <laughs> one guy was making enough money to sort his family at home and his family on the other side of the country, his pretend family. Think about the kind of idiots that you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, the, like, and then think of them, like, it's hard for people, I think, sometimes to think about, like, boomers as, like, regular people. Oh. Because they are so aggrandized with, like, the, the greatest generation and all the things they've accomplished and, like, all this stuff, even though everything is totally deteriorating and they're leaving us with nothing. Um, I think it's difficult to, like, because it's, like, it's kind of like the thought you have, like, when you start realizing your parents are just humans. Yes. Yeah. And you're just, like, <laughs> like, and you think, like, oh, like, if I had a kid right now or, it, like, right. say you have a kid, if you're listening, you're, like, oh, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And I'm 30-something. figuring so this it out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And they were having kids when they were much younger. Yeah. yeah. And it's right. And, and. It was definitely the start of, I would say maybe the 60s was probably the start of like serious nepotism. Because I think before that there were no jobs to give your, you know, little Jimmy or whatever. But I think towards the 60s it was like, oh, well, I, I feel like it was more the 80s, but uh, I think it took like 20 years. I'm thinking back to my Mad Men days now, but I don't know. I think, well, no, I think there was, oh, well, anyways, but. I mean, nepotism is a problem is what's my point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem through the decades. And I think like the reason we wanted to talk about just kind of a comparison, looking at kind of, let's say the 60s to the 90s compared to like the early 2000s to today. Right. The expectations and the demands for workers is just completely different. You know, like we can joke as much as we want to about madman, but mad men but when do you get to have a fucking cigarette in the middle of your office right I exactly mean. or every single meeting you're you have a bar cart and you're like pouring a drink and also your meetings are lasting for hours on end and you're you not can, even writing your own notes you have a secretary to write the notes for you i mean wow the, great expenses here yeah yeah the the expectations were completely different. I mean, you didn't have people probably didn't have your home phone number, really. No. And the biggest At work? No. difference is that there were no cell phones. So yep. and, and I think, you know, I, maybe that's I, that's really, I think, like the biggest difference in what what makes our parents not understand why work is so different and why mm-hmm. it's so demanding and taxing and stressful. The the fact that you have to be constantly and always available yeah. is crazy. Yeah, like people could have a different fucking family back in the day. <laughs> we don't no have one would, that. No one would know. Nobody would fucking know. Yeah. I mean, we don't have any of that anonymity. I mean, and I, I can remember, I guess I had a, yeah, I pretty much always had a cell phone, you know, from the time I started working. So like 2002-ish, we had phones then. But we didn't have smartphones. We barely had Blackberries. So there was even then. So this was even 2000s. I was, you know, not at the point of checking my email at home at all. Mm -hmm. I was not getting 
not getting phone calls from my boss or anything like not getting text messages from my boss yeah like no none of that was happening until you know like the mid 2000s i guess like but i mean i used to remember riding around with sales reps that like old baby boomer sales reps that would be like oh in my day you know we had to look up where everything was on the map and i'm like okay and they're like and also you know we didn't have cell phones so you had to stop at a payphone and checking check in in the office to see if you had any messages and i mean that sounds lovely like so you're just driving around getting lost <laughs> You might make it to a meeting. You might not. Nobody knows the difference, what you're doing. And then you might have to check in with your boss like once or twice during the day from a payphone. You could be anywhere. You like, could be anywhere. doing anything like there was just the level of accountability wasn't no it was nowhere near what we have now. No. And these people, once again, just to remind you, could afford to live their life they could afford to buy a home House, they could afford yes. people who were working 40 hours a week could afford to live they could <laughs> they for the most part they could afford to just have one person in their household working and that's really like the 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 biggest fear is now is it's like we've already become accustomed through all of this you know just socialization to mm-hmm. rely on our phone and i mean like you pointed out something great the other day about how we're creating all of this content i mean think about all the content <laughs> we're creating for instagram for facebook for tiktok whatever whatever it is for twitter to keep these things running we don't get anything back in terms of uh for our for our like social capital basically right. and where you're expected now to have a social online life that people can reference and check that you're a real person yep. and see what kind of person you are and be, like look at the politics you're tweeting about. I mean, it's so invasive. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's like if you don't have a social media presence, I, I think it would be harder to get a job now because I think they would say, what are you hiding? Mm, you know like they and you do have to have it like there are certain things that you know to like i don't know sign up for certain websites or something like you do have to show them your facebook profile so they can prove that you're a real person i guess so you can't even get away from it if you wanted to if you want to yeah i mean for acting they that is something they ask you how many you know followers do you have what the fuck does that have to do with acting with your acting this is why shit is so bad that's uh, like in some shows that just get made and you're like how and why and why is this person go look and see how many fucking youtube followers they have or Mm -hmm. some shit and it's it's crazy and so like if you so I mean, think about just like even that example. So if you studied, studied hours and hours and hours to be an actor mm-hmm. and you're in the right city and you've put in the work and you're doing the waitressing or whatever and going to the classes and getting a manager and getting an agent, and, which are already hard feats in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the audition and you don't have any fucking social media followers. I mean, how do you compete? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, we've created this impossible pace for our lives, which another thing, I guess, that like. Wow. I get it. What people coming to this enlightenment during the pandemic to me is hilarious. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, I'm just so glad I'm getting time to like slow down and like really get into things and like enjoy my life. And it's like you guys didn't realize this was 
I just think it's odd that people didn't realize before that we're being socialized in this way where we have to constantly be on. And maybe it's because I'm the kind of person that like I had to like when I had a sales job, I had to constantly be on. So I was very aware of like, okay, well, I'm getting on this plane. I'm not talking to anybody like Mm. I don't want to entertain your, you know, like listen to your stupid conversation for two hours. Like I was aware of like being on and off. Maybe people other people just didn't think of that. But like every single thing in our lives now is forcing us to be on all the time. Yeah. It's exhausting. Think about if you think about having, I mean, I myself (laughs) tend to have a mental breakdown from time to time. And (laughs) sometimes I put things on Facebook and I did recently. And uh, not to be too hard on myself, I was like, what if these motherfuckers had Facebook or Twitter? Who knows what they would have said when Reagan was president or Nixon was president or Kennedy died or MLK got shot. (laughs) I mean... It is crazy that we are able to express all of our emotion right there and then it's there forever and you will forever be judged for it. And and that's the way that it is. And if you can't can't cobble your life to to look enough like a decent enough person, then you don't deserve this job. Wow. It's an it's an added stress that is just crazy. And it's like on top of having that extra demand, the pay is not right not increasing at all i mean you know friends that i yeah like i mean friends that i have i don't think they're making that much more money than i was making when i was doing the same job like i don't think they're you know like in architecture their salaries have really gone up all that high i mean i think there are a ton of corporate jobs that are that they get you just based off of paying you every two weeks which you enlighten me to the fact that that's a goddamn scam. I never even thought of that. Dude, when you go from waitressing to a salary job, you're like, wait, what? Why I am have I to wait? wait for my money? <laughs> I never, I, because I, the way they sell it to you is stability. You're going to get paid every two weeks as opposed to, I mean, whether or not the money is there shouldn't be an issue like that like oh no it is an issue but that's why they're but then you come to find out later like that's why they're doing this like they're basically who knows what they're doing with your money during those two weeks they're investing it in something or they're doing something else with it or using it to you know go buy you know slabs of stone or whatever the hell they're doing but and that's your money you should get paid every day i never once thought of that well and i didn't start thinking about it until i mean you've got to think about you know, what, what, what has my generation been told? You know, mm. you got to go work at a startup. You got to go, you know, get out there and, and use your skills. You know, I cannot tell you how many low paying internships I've done or s- things I've done for stipends mm. um, without then getting permanent employee, employership or whatever. You know, it's like not only that, but then I've there are so many people I've heard of the company then just all of a sudden disappearing. I mean, literally, there was a like a media company or something. This guy had people like living in like a like a house in in Santa Monica. And like they were all going to like they were making their videos out of there and stuff. And he just like couldn't pay anybody. He had like a staff of people couldn't pay. Just left. He just went to a different country. He just left. What? And what are people supposed to do? They've been they're they're using their skills. They're using their skills (laughs) and they're waiting for a salary that's never their paycheck that's never going to come because I mean, startups, I mean, it's just even more volatile, you know, and it's like 
it just keeps getting conditioned, conditioned, conditioned that you are supposed to take and take and take and be okay with it. And it's like, whoa, why aren't we trying to create more stability? It's like at some point we have to push back on this, I guess. But I mean, I guess that's also the point of us doing this is I think people need to understand how other people are living. And when we say people, we mean when we say upper middle class people, you have to understand you guys, you've experienced only like a 1% change in employment, right? right? That has been almost recouped since COVID started. Whereas the lower percentage of everybody else, I mean, you're talking about permanent job loss of like, it's I don't like know, 23 million or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's worlds. It's, it's just, if you don't pay attention now, I mean, there is right. no presidential choice. that's going to fix it. No, not and another. I mean, another thing that I think, you know, if you're listening to this, I commend you because if you're looking at cable news, you're not going to see this. Like we purposely went on YouTube to try to find like, what's, what are people saying about this? And nobody's talking about it. There are very few outlets that are even mentioning this. And outside of a sob story, like the media won't focus on these kind of things until someone's being evicted. And there's, there's a, there's an old lady crying outside and, you know, little children are homeless then they'll turn it into a story. Why not talk about it before it gets to that point so that we can all make more informed decisions? Like, you know, it, it's just it's such a, a focus. Fuck. It's such a focus on the politicians themselves. That's what it seems like on and CNN and, 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 C, and MSNBC. It's a focus on the politician rather than policy, mm-hmm. right? And then, yeah. and then people are brought in as props, whenever need be right whatever whatever agenda we're trying to get across here and (laughs) it's 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 scary because those are the people that are supposed to be fixing the problem they're not even talking about the problem and the more and more the closer we're getting to the election it seems like i'm not hearing more people talk about the problem permanent job loss i mean this is about business owners too you know mm-hmm. this is about right. la- this is about people who own uh commercial real estate too this is about people who own you know regular landlords as well mm-hmm. you know there's going to be no money in the economy and it's like how are we not talking about this and right. solutions for it <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if people are just like you know paralyzed with fear and so they just don't want to think about it i mean you know they're like well i got my job and that's okay with me so i'm just not going to worry about you know everything else is going on i'll just think it's going to work itself out which is not going to work itself out um i'm not sure if that's the problem but i mean something needs something impactful needs to happen so that we can all come a little bit closer on these issues and start caring about each other a little bit more it's concerning it's concerning I think it's going to be concerning when we uh, like our big theory is we're going to indentured servitude. Ooh, that's where we're headed. And maybe that's why MSNBC and CNN viewers don't care. You guys might think we're crazy, but hear us out on this. If. OK, so we live very close to, you know, the hills. So, you know, we've been out of jobs for six months now. Um, you know, we're not sure what kind of jobs are going to come back. And, you know, we're pretty we're good at pretty much everything we do. So if someone was like, hey, you know what? Um, we could use a nanny and a maid. Would you guys be down? We'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Why not? No problem. Also, now I won't pay you in money, but I will offer you my pool house to live in. 
can we do like a trade kind of thing? And since there are no other jobs available, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden we're indentured servants. I mean, it's just that it does, it's not as crazy as it sounds. Like, I think there are going to be a lot of people working in exchange for a place to live. Definitely. And not money. And it's happening already with, you know, schools and with the, the private pods that are being created to yeah. teach um, wealthier children. And so it's like we've got to pull the reins in here. And I think like one of the things we wanted to touch on talking about you know the employee employment through the decades was nepotism and i because i think that that is a big part of what has gotten us here mm. wherever i mean i mean nepotism is an issue that's honestly been an issue since the beginning of time for sure i mean you know like the bible is about god and his son like <laughs> <laughs> okay good point you know what i mean yeah. like it's like what if jesus wasn't the right guy for the job no i'm just kidding <laughs> I will never know. You know, what if it was supposed to be Mary and she got overlooked? Oh, I mean, because she was a woman. Wow. Uh, who knows? You oh know, my gosh, my mind is blown. <sighs> we won't know because but nepotism really blinds people from seeing, I think, you know, good employees, um, people who are intelligent, people who are leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I guess my theory on nepotism and why I was I, what I was thinking like more so the 80s is because the 80s, you know, introduced so much more of the greed element into the American culture. Yeah. And I. I feel like, you know, boomers, uh, baby boomers, they with the aggrandizement and ego, uh, they see their children as an extension of only themselves, not so much. Like, because if they wanted their children to succeed, you only need to give them the tools and then perhaps like make sure the world is inhabitable enough that they can see out that that vi whatever vision it is that they make for themselves. But they wouldn't leave it to that. So that's why you've got, you know, people who end up in VP positions at co corporations who've never worked a day in their fucking life. Right. Or, you know, you get the you know, what's the girl from Full House like fucking trying to say her kid's a rower and buy her way into <laughs> USC or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. That I'm is happening you. because there's like that scarcity mentality. And so the more the more you want to get to the top, the more you want to make sure your family stays at the top. So you've got to make sure they get those positions. And so it really just picks away at this, you know, false idea of a meritocracy in America because you can't move up. <laughs> right. And, and then, uh, the other thing that you mentioned about that, that I thought was interesting is maybe that's why, uh, American companies suck in some sense and don't make a lot of stuff because you're not hiring the best person for the job. You're just hiring your son. How do you know that your son knows anything? You know your about, son's an idiot. Yeah, you know your you knew he was an idiot before. I mean, come on, you had to pay somebody to get him into college. Like you know he's an idiot, but you're still going to give him this job so that he's going to somehow improve your company and make things better. So maybe that's why a lot of these companies are falling by the wayside and like, well, you know what? Let's just send these jobs right on to China because Americans here can't do it. Or maybe if you would have hired someone else who knew something about training, who knew something about like getting more mechanical parts or automating your system or any of these things, the companies themselves could be better. So we're we're doubly in 
trouble because of nepotism. And not only that, but you're 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 pulling from a pool of a of, you're pulling you're picking somebody who has no investment, right? Mm. So if, if we're right. going to talk about working your way up, that's how you gain loyalty to the company. That's why you're thinking of in you know new new ideas and ingenuity and how can we make this better and how can we you know improve this. If you're just being handed the job, you just have to keep the ship afloat. That's it. Exactly. You don't you have to meet a bare minimum uh, to your stockholders or what have you to keep it going. And you can you can see it. I mean, just think, guys, think of any boss that you've ever had. Like, I mean, it's very easy to see in any company where the nepotism is. And it's more I mean, it's more of a problem than just like, oh, he got a better job than me. I mean, this is like causing us to be in a shambles here but that's also created the 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 great wealth disparity that we have because now you're only keeping wealth in one family yep. and it's like actually your stupid fucking son was supposed to fail and this person was supposed to get this job and then maybe things would have balanced out a little bit but now you're being a fucking asshole and only looking out for yourself and america's failing because of it because right. of that selfish mentality and it's like Look at anything. We watched Siesta Key. This dude was handed a restaurant he didn't even want. His nope. dad was just like, oh, yeah, I bought you this restaurant. Uh, yeah, I Can guess you, manage it. Yeah. yeah. And hire, oh, and hire your friend to help you manage it, I guess. So. Of course. And I'll yeah. give you guys a salary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and I'll, I'll give you whatever money it's going to take to renovate the restaurant right up front. Too. Not that you won't have to find any investors. Don't, you don't no, 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 no. <laughs> have to have a business plan. You don't have to have a vision. No, no, no. We'll talk about it one more time. I'll give you the money and you'll just it'll be great. No problem. It'll be something fun for you. It'll be fun for you. It'll be a fun side project for you. Yes. And it's a little pocket money. Little it's a little mail money. Right, right. Coming Meanwhile, in every month. God only knows how many people were working at that restaurant and could have told you to put furniture outside and make it look, make it, give it more curb appeal to and bring people in. And make specialty drinks. Oh, I mean, Jesus. what? Come on. <laughs> okay, my I say my worst uh, example of nepotism. I mean, the salary. This is also the reason. I fucking hate salary jobs and corporations and all this shit. But this was um, the nepotism here. So this was a weed job and the boss hired already was an executive from Budweiser. So mm -hmm. first of all, very high volume, cheap beer. <laughs> True. Weed is a completely fucking different thing. A plant that has to grow. Uh, <laughs> it has different strains, different kinds, different. Yeah. I mean, the, the lack of knowledge there just because but just also that's like a classism thing because he came from this level of a job. Mm -hmm. He is expected to then go to another industry and get the same level of job. Of course. Without any experience, without learning anything, without working your way up. So. Because his boss had hired him at the at the Budweiser situation, he you know wanted to do a solid for that guy's son and gave him a job at our company and hired him as a social media person. Um, to which he got to go to Coachella for free, mm -hmm. <laughs> mind you. I was you know slaving away in a hot factory, um, the only person doing any production, and this guy's supposed to come back with with pictures from Coachella, <laughs> representing our brand. You know, having people showing it to people, getting getting good pictures. He says that there's no Wi-Fi service. Hmm. And the problem with this is I was following this guy already on Instagram, as coworkers do. And he uh, had a very kind of Instagram-y, famous-y girlfriend. And her sister's an actress. And 
they had plenty of pictures from Coachella, professional huh. pictures that yeah. got up right then that weekend. Hmm. But for some reason, when he came back, he didn't have any for the company. Did he lose his job? No, I will. What do you think? Do you think he lost it? Um, I, I, I think you're going to tell me that he did not lose his job. I think I'm going to tell you that he just got moved over uh, to a different field, um, which he once again had no experience. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, it's the same company. Though. Same company. They yeah. just were like, you know what? We'll just try you out a different right. different thing, and we'll give this responsibility to the other girl who's working here. Right. Not so. No. <laughs> not even really a reprimand. No. 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 Of no. course not. Okay. No. 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 Yeah. And what do you know, you know, if that company didn't, you know, he moved from, you know, R&D to, to sales and, you know, you, you got to have some sales to keep a company afloat. And what do you know if they mm. didn't have to shut it down? And it's mm. just like, wouldn't it be great if they had hired someone who already worked in the weed industry, who had a passion for it, yep. who knew about it, who could sell it because they love the product, knew the product. I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? <laughs> Hey, you know, and, th and, and this, I mean, it's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And people wonder why come, why certain things fail. I mean, maybe it's, you didn't hire the right people and the right people don't always look like the right people. Exactly. And the, and the last thing I will say about nepotism is how crazy is it that we literally broke away from Great Britain a monarchy because we were like nepotism is some straight up bullshit <laughs> and we should be represented. And yet we have still done the same thing in America. We still want these dynasties, the Kennedys, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas. I mean, like, you know, they're like, oh, Michelle should run. Right. No, let's get other people involved. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a great point. I mean, that's a very interesting point. We've definitely are following in the exact same footsteps. And it's interesting that it not only is political, but it also trails down into our economy as well. It's crazy because everybody wants to be that dynastic family. I right. mean, like the Rockefellers. The, yeah. Well, like, it's like, but also like Game of Thrones, you know, mm. they, you know, you might not be able to be the Lannisters, but maybe, you know, you're, you're out and like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Dorn. Okay. Dorn. Is sure. that what it, okay. Dorn. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the islandy one. Oh, Dorn. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I liked that one too. They were vicious as fuck. Yeah. And they were just out on their own in the nice weather. Ooh, I love it. Let's go to Dorn. Yeah. We can be Dorn people. But but people are like, I'll be the ruling family of that. And it's like, no. Really what this all leads to is destruction because all of that all of like what did Game of Thrones really come down to? Who was really fighting? The families. Right. Like who fights the battles? The poor people in their towns. For the families to what? Say, I own this. I own that. I own this. Why? We don't want to live in this bullshit. Like, we're not, yeah, we're not, we have to realize that we're not getting anything out of this. Exactly. And that's why, you know, nepotism, just another thing with the employment through the decades. It's just been another hit that I think people don't take into account and has really pushed a lot of really talented people, you know, outside of maybe good industries or you know turn them off of even pursuing something because they were like well i've been in this industry for 10 years now and you know this fucking white kid from you mm -hmm. know whatever they just keep bringing in a new different one every four years or whatever right. so it's like it's difficult 
you can really like it's not just about it's difficult to maintain that like mental strength to be like i'm i can really like build my way up the ladder when right. you can see in your face that the built that the roadblocks are there and they're there for a reason <laughs> right and that you're never going to reach the american dream i mean that's really what it comes down to is that it's impossible to reach that kind of goal if you're never going to let someone who doesn't come from a well-to-do family or someone who you knew somehow before if you don't let that person just come up on their merits then no one's ever going to reach the american dream and that's the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna take a break we'll be right back Okay, so you're probably thinking, hmm, yeah, you said a lot of stuff about jobs. Okay, jobs are not supposed to be fun, okay? Um, you know what, if you don't like it, why don't you just get a different job? Or, you know, why don't you just quit? Or, you know, I mean, you chose that job, so maybe don't complain about that job. <laughs> um, those are things. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, please stop. Uh, those are things you might hear <laughs> from a friend who um, maybe like doesn't understand the way other people live. <laughs> Have you ever heard that, Keish? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, definitely your parents will tell you that. Like, mm. you know, well, you chose this profession or you chose this job or this and that. Um, it's never the fault of the employer, which doesn't make any sense to me. So if I say to you, I don't make enough money, somehow that's my fault. I don't set the wages. I mean, if I say, uh, I don't feel safe in my workplace because they don't have any safety stair treads going down to a kitchen, I I should quit that job. How is that my fault? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you're you're complaining too much, you know, Mm. you're just you're too much. You know, I think those questions are obviously coming from a place of just like a a blind, a blind spot, uh, an experience or whatever, Um, because I mean, how does poverty happen? Right. Like it's it's cyclical. Right. Um, You're stuck in it. Uh, That's why there are heroes tales of rags to riches and we love to celebrate those things and there are stories about them but they are also one in a million mm-hmm. um and they're pro- they're put there to continue to you to continue to to strive and you know oh this shit job is just a shit job and i'm gonna you know go past this job and get something better and if I just keep my head down and I'm not look for something else, what it's just like this focus on, oh, well, this is just a step in my journey. You know, for some mm-hmm. reason, they've made this whole like this buy into this like you got to yeah, you got to experience some shit. You got to go through some shit. Why does going to work have to be this terrible situation where you're not being valued for your time and you can't pay your rent? Right. I mean, the fact is, is, why is it a proud moment that we as a country have most people have to have two to three jobs? Right. I mean, that's something that they don't talk about when they talk about the unemployment rates at all. I mean, they've completely left out the fact that 
a lot of people, us included, had two jobs or more before this pandemic started. So how is that? How is that an equitable society? How is that? But we're boasting about the unemployment rate, you right. know, like <laughs> like what do these numbers like? This is why we have to bring humanity into it, because it's like, what do these numbers really mean if people are still working two jobs? Really? I think it's more the economics. Like, I don't think that people you, you can put up as many, you know, virtue signaling like theatrical puff pieces as you want but clearly nothing has changed i mean look Mm, at where the minimum wage is right i think what the pandemic has at least shown us is how much of our economy is consumer-based and if you have a consumer-based economy you have to have consumers (laughs) right your consumers have to have money to consume with and that has been i think revealed like we obviously are not this country that has our own manufacturing or you know not anymore or anything like that thanks joe biden (laughs) or nafta um i think like it's exposed those things and that's another reason why we're asking that this question of what is the future of jobs then you know because it was already so everybody was already hanging on by a thread so much Mm -hmm. now we're talking about permanent job loss so that affects your healthcare if you if you did get it if you even had it <laughs> through yeah. your job but not only that then you're going to have automation which can not which they were going to move towards anyways mm-hmm. um but they're going to be justified to move to it more quickly and more inhumanely because of the virus right and there's not there i certainly haven't heard anyone talk about a policy that references automation outside of andrew yang so do they know that we're all going to lose our jobs to automation and just not care or is that a blind spot in policy and they just don't even think it's going to be an issue i mean it's a problem either way but and this is what i mean this is you know what this is another highlight of like (laughs) just why like being insular and the nepotism and stuff like even if just the fact that these people don't have any outside experience, mm-hmm. we, we working class people on the outside, we don't really have a lot of political experience. We are gaining more and more because we're able to more freely share information. And we're seeing more and more that these people are fucking idiots. They don't have, they could lie. They could have lied about their degrees. We've seen that. Well, yeah. They could have lied about their experiences. We've seen that they don't come up with plans. They don't hire experts. They hire friends mm-hmm. to be, you know, their advisors. And I'm not talking about just the president. I'm talking about senators. I'm talking about you know, all the people in their office. They are all supposed to be doing things to help their constituents. Yet the country is further and further going more into disarray and therefore they don't understand the policies that people need and it's like how is there that disconnect (laughs) i don't know you said i remember when we were walking we were on our nice little walk yesterday and we were talking about american ingenuity like other countries are trying so many different interesting tactics to just like get through the pandemic to get people back to work to different ways of delivering and doing things are you know getting kids to school anything but america hasn't tried like what new thing have we tried and that's why when you ta- say like the thing about politicians they just i think they they i think they are not qualified for this job mm-hmm. and i think that they do not understand what is coming right 
I, I really that has to be the I answer. Yeah. Or, they're like, or they're doing it on purpose, I guess. But, well, but what would be the downside for them? Because let's say that, um, you know, delivery does go completely automated and everything is like by drone. There's they can't see the downside of that. I mean, but I, I guess the the economics of it is America is basically a tour, a tourism like attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have industries that rely on tourism and consumerism. And the more and more that you let American cities not have clean drinking water and have homeless people and have typhoid outbreaks and have, uh, you know, violence in the streets or, mm-hmm. you know, gun violence, which we were experiencing so many shootings before the lockdown. Right. Um, I mean, people do not want to visit here. It doesn't seem safe. What is there to even see people i mean there are many many parts of america that look like a third world country and so i guess economically if they like they can't maintain i mean a lot of them could live on the money that they have forever right yeah but but not everybody in the upper middle class so no but that's that comes back to the american dream though they feel like i mean well and which it is playing out because the K-shaped recovery or whatever, like the people on the top are getting better. Their stocks are doing great. But you if know, they just they keep letting it go down. I don't think they can see the forest for the trees, though. Like, I think, like, they're not thinking any further into the future. Like, it's like when you have money, you don't think about money, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, you're not worried about where your next dollar is coming from. So you don't think ahead. You don't. You're just like, oh, well, it'll just be there. But when you're poor, when you're broke, you're like, oh, shit, how am I going to pay for my phone bill next month or whatever? But look at how quickly people got people in the hills got scared about protesters going up into the hills. Oh, very I mean, scary. it took like one protest going through Beverly Hills and they were mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, they're going to come up on the hills next. Right. And, you know, putting the, the Black Lives Matter signs on their house and all these kind yep. of things. It took them two seconds. So why can they not see that? the more social unrest that there is, the more chaos they're inviting into their own lives. I mean, even if you're just looking at it from a selfish personal perspective, right? Right. Like, don't you want to keep the pores away from you? Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're only the more that you create this. I mean, this is also a gun country in other Oof. countries. They don't even have that issue. So on top of, you know, you're you're talking about starving people now. You're talking about children not eating. You're talking right. about, you know, Flint people, you know, every generation of a child there is losing like a certain percentage of their brain function because of the lead in the water. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, I mean, so much civil injustice in this country. And then you're going to put unemployment on top of that with no money. To me, it's just like you're talking about you want law and order. You want all the security you're inviting right trouble because you're you're leaving people with idle hands but but they don't feel like it's their they feel like it's your fault for not this goes back to well well why don't you get a different job if you don't like that job why don't you do something different why don't you you know like this it comes back to it's all the the fault of the employee for not wanting to get a job wanting to make more money wanting to like somehow somehow it has nothing to do with them like they have their jobs they're making you know however much money they're making and it's somehow makes them feel like oh well that person that's poor they must not want to make money (laughs) it's also it's odd to me that 
there's no because if you're if you're going to have automation i mean what, going back to the penalty of on the employer i mean if there's going to be automation the company needs to pay for the tax that that employee would have been paying into oh. that's the only way that our society will function right if there's no <laughs> income tax if people aren't working then there's no income tax right so, so then how are we gonna keep yeah it's just like amazon though like that's why amazon mm-hmm. became such a behemoth because they got away with riding on the coattails of the usps rather than taxing them accordingly or charging them a completely different rate obviously right. this is something unprecedented you know it's just like that like the fact that nobody's talking about that it's Mm -hmm. like that will make society as a whole deteriorate like then what like what restaurants are you going to be going to is everybody going to be living their bunkers at that point i guess american horror story style probably i mean and then we'll be indentured servitude servants inside of bunkers we'll just be slaves there they don't have to pay us where are we gonna go what's the alternative out into the nuclear oh my war or out into the ever raging tornadoes or, or hurricanes. fires or any number of things that are <sighs> uh, that's that's a <laughs> scary and good point um like i don't think this is this is the scary part about the future <clears throat> unlike 2008 mm-hmm. the gig economy was something that was at least able to help kind of cushion you know to cushion that blow and to um help people get back on their feet right and and the and those times the, the i mean the reason the gig economy started i thought was so people could have extra gigs and like side jobs basically not so that that could be your full-time thing that you're relying on the only job that you have that has no benefits doesn't have to give you any specific number of hours i mean doesn't isn't liable for you in any way whatsoever but that's how it started because people you know were cutting back hours people were losing their jobs Mm -hmm. people lost their homes so you know if you could get a salary job you're probably getting it at a lowered salary so you're taking a price cut there and so then they were taking a gig work to you know to make ends meet and then obviously employers i mean just like the way the the fucking pentagon does the pentagon could have why do we have so much contract work with the pentagon i don't Mm. understand why (laughs) like we can't have we can't have our own american workers make pencils that the military needs to use or the uniforms or Mm -hmm. like like we used to make our own shit during world war ii like where, where did rosie the riveter come from right like it wasn't a contracted out thing where we paid you know a 300 times 300 percent more right for the and same. also the middleman who is setting up these contracts which in dc there's plenty of people like that that i know there's oh yeah i just uh just a just do government contracts like what so many fucking assholes i mean so <laughs> many our country has become Almost solely built on middlemen at this point. And that's like we don't issue. make anything. We don't create very much. I mean, unless it's tech based, I guess we're doing well with that. But honestly, I think China and Japan are doing just as good with tech stuff. It's just that we don't know about. We just don't know as much about it. I mean, look at TikTok. That wasn't American. Mm-hmm. And that took off. <sighs> I mean, the, the middlemen 
mentality is ruining this country and unfortunately they are now the ones with the power and the money so they are going to go forward and set what the future of the work is going to look like and that is really what the scary part is because they're so out of touch with how how people were living before this and i just like i think the lack of the 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 deterioration of empathy throughout Mm -hmm you know, the past decade, I I just think it's going to be inhumane what they're going to ask people to do next. For sure. I think that people are going to be, I mean, just think of this in terms of like a health crisis. People, there will definitely is a health crisis. Yeah, but there, I guarantee you there, there's definitely, there's got to be people that are doing this now, but it's going to get worse. You get evicted from your house, but you still have your car. You have a car, you can have a job because you can deliver food or whatever. So people are going to be living in their cars, but also delivering you food oh from that my car. God, That's legit. Uh, that's pro- they're probably delivering people now who are living in their cars. Realistically. Right. And so, right. Yeah. Totally. So then that's another health crisis. So now we have a, oh another pandemic on our hands or whatever, because I mean, I hope that. Oh my God, that just made my like brain explode. (laughs) The future of work is not looking good, but I mean, you. If things are automated, they're only going to be again. There's going to be such a huge scarcity of jobs, Um, and I don't think people keep. I I feel like politicians keep saying that they're going to create all these green jobs and like create all these new things. Like if it did not happen under Obama, I don't understand how it's going to happen now. All of a sudden. Right, because McConnell will still have hold of the Senate, uh, I believe. Well, it depends also, on what happens but it, in. But September, I don't see. November. I don't see any great ideas. I don't see any great like. I mean, realistically, the biggest great idea that came out of the last time they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do green jobs." Was like, "We're gonna teach all of the coal miners how to build windmills or wind turbines." Okay, well then, what happens after that? Like, you build them, you do a little maintenance. Now what? Like, we're done. There there hasn't been any innovation outside of working on a computer. And everyone can't have... Everyone can't be working on a computer. Just everyone can't be. Can't like, but they also haven't come out and said, you know what? Maybe we were wrong about everybody going to college. There's a shortage of plumbers. We're gonna you know, send whoever wants to go to plumbing school for, you know, there for free or whatever so that we can, there hasn't been, they haven't come up with any ideas whatsoever to save us. I mean, Bernie Sanders did. Well, no, none, none at all. And like, this is really like what's frightening is, you know, if you're paying attention to politics, you Joe Biden has been saying his entire campaign that, nothing will fundamentally change. Right. And you can see it from comparing articles from 2019 when he wasn't even suspected to win. Um, It's actually very interesting if you go back and look at articles about Joe Biden uh, on MSNBC or CNN or from uh, the the Washington Post, New York Times, any of them, you know, the liberal ones, they had no problem pointing out his flaws because they did not think he would win. (laughs) And now (laughs) everything has like a positive spin on it. Um, And and the 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 alarming thing about Joe Biden from uh, what 
Wall Street insiders have been saying, because they will surely be on his cabinet, um, is that basically all this talk that he's talking about with, you know, healthcare and expanding that it's just lip service to the Elizabeth Warren types uh, so so that they'll be appeased. Mm-hmm. And you have to listen to those people like there were articles like two months ago about people who were possibly going to be on his cabinet um you know he has phone calls with these people he has special phone calls with them and he reassures them that they will be okay and the thing that blew my mind was Keisha told me yesterday like wall street people are not economists (laughs) like yeah (laughs) they are not they're gamblers they're fucking coked up gamblers who (laughs) are psychopaths willing to make huge bets with other people's people's fucking money money, (laughs) and they are dictating what joe biden is going to decide about the future of healthcare. did you understand wall street there you look it up look there's so many articles once he picked kamala harris um wall street was at ease wall street Mm -hmm. was elated they would never have let him pick elizabeth warren even though she's a fake progressive they would have never let him even signal that they that they were OK with that. So that's the issue. His there are people in this article that came out yesterday talking about the pan. Well, a few weeks ago, is that the pantry is going to be dry when mm-hmm. Biden in, get, inherits it from Trump. Right. He's already making an excuse to tell you. To tell you as a working class person who is doing everything you can, who has lost your jobs by no fault of your own, when we need a UBI because of the way that they have decimated working class jobs, we don't produce anything here. Your job's never coming back. The right. government has to give you some sort of safety net. Joe Biden, he has advisors, he has people in his cabinet that are saying, oh, the pantry's going to be dry. Like, you know, we can't raise that deficit. Right. And he's going to blame it all on Trump. He's going to say, oh, see, duh. Trump spent all the money, so sorry about the Social Security you've been paying into since you were 17, I guess. Just whatever. I mean, that's, been, that's been his like like life, his career-long goal has been to cut Social Security. And he'll get it one fucking way or another, apparently. I mean, this guy is relentless. I, mean, I guess so, but I, I, I can't understand what their end game is, though. Because if everyone's... I mean, this is even going to be... A, I mean, even if you make a decent salary it's still going to be a problem for you. I mean, you're still, what about, don't you worry where your taxes are going? You're still paying a lot of taxes. I mean, all they would have to do, like this deficit thing is bullshit. All they would have to do is raise the taxes on the wealthy and (laughs) big companies like Amazon, Walmart, Netflix. I mean, I don't know how many more times we have to see like like documentaries on fucking Netflix and YouTube or whatever where they're saying, yeah, these people just don't pay their taxes. Uh, yeah, much, like yeah. The, the conditions here are untenable. Like how many mm-hmm. how much more of this can we watch? Like and you, you're telling me politicians don't have access to this shit. They don't get ideas and they say, you know, maybe we should fix this. Like this right. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we need to have what's that show where the, the boss like like goes undercover undercover. (laughs) yeah i I think every politician needs to be do an undercover boss episode because they have no fucking clue what's going on i I mean every politician should just step the fuck aside and let somebody else take their position i like that idea too i mean i'm sorry but go undercover boss i mean that could be a thing yeah yeah i mean i just 
heartwarming heartwarming but hopefully it would teach them a lesson in the movies it works it teaches them a lesson and they have a change of heart and then they do nice things for people you're saying no that's not gonna okay no i don't want to dash your dreams i don't there's no way there's gonna be no way for us to get out of this then i mean because they're certainly not gonna all of a sudden start realizing that oh if we let all of the jobs go to robots then people not only are going to be broke but they're also going to be fat because they won't have anything to do and they'll just be sitting around all day so then we'll have an even worse obesity crisis which will then also make a problem for diabetes and i mean the domino effect of any number of these things going off the rails but i bet you there's somebody in their zoom meeting right now like like listen the american market is dead we can expand (gasps) here 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 and here and you know like sure they might make a few distribution places here or whatever but like they're just gonna ditch the american economy i mean i mean rich people have been doing it forever shelling their money in different places and not not that's true not including it in the economy i mean hiding it off yeah yeah it's ridiculous that they're allowed to do that that would be interesting (laughs) karma for america to then turn into the little Sally Jesse Raphael commercial that we've been throwing on everyone else. Hmm. I hope somebody from Canada or Britain or something adopts Africa me. comes and uh, yes, please come adopt me. Make me some food. Yeah, I'll go to Africa. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, what else can we do here? Can't breathe. Can't, <laughs> I mean, can't get a, can't even make a decent salary. Even if, even with two jobs, the part, the, the idea that anyone has to have two jobs is insane. Like, how do you not just think to yourself, like, huh, like, why does that person have to have, why should anyone have to have two jobs? We already work too much. We already work more than any other country. I mean, we get less vacate, less vacation days. People are afraid to call in sick. Oh, and that's... <laughs> That's a huge thing, you know, I mean, just all around. But that the way that we treat workers and healthcare and taking care of yourself, like just in America, like, you know, I, I, I and th- another reason why I link this to the 80s is I think of like the ski movie with like the bully, like <laughs> on the ski slope, yeah. like they make fun of you for having any kind of weakness you know like remember in back to the future it was like mcfly or chicken mcfly or whatever Uh. (laughs) and it's like i feel like that kind of whole macho culture that was also brought in what in a way has like also made people put on a tough face as well right it's it's like macho and recklessness yeah exactly it's like who are we helping here if you don't call in sick to work. You're going to make everybody fucking else sick, you idiot. Like, right. to me, you're just like, what? Why are you doing this? Why, Why are you bullying you? me for for saying I'm sick? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't. You get penalized for saying you're sick, which makes no it makes no sense because you people have gotten sick. I mean, how do you think COVID has been spreading? <laughs> I mean, from people not feeling like they have the ability to stay home. I mean, it's odd because they can't afford it, you know, right? I mean, well, especially if you work in if you work a salaried job and you call in sick, you're looked down on. You might not lose any money because of it. But if you work an hourly job, you know, you might need that 150 bucks for the day or whatever. So you can't necessarily just call out, you know, but also if you work a salaried job. You don't want to cut in your vacation days because we only get like 10 Mm -hmm. or whatever, 12. 
and you've already paid for your trip, the little, little place you can go. I mean, it's just like a crazy trap that they've got us in. Oh, there was a tweet I wanted to read, actually, that oh, I think right. sums sums up kind of like where where we are with jobs in America. Um, uh, this is from a guy on Twitter named at uh, Walker Bragman. Um, and it says millennials, but I think it's going to kind of more widely affect uh, other generations, of course. So uh, he said millennials are effectively a generation of serfs trapped in debt, virtually no upward mobility, almost no property ownership, healthcare insecure with no hope of retirement. But hey, we've got technology. So I guess it all evens out, right? 